0: the history of human cruelty is long and brutal and
1: on our show we cover all of it one subject at a time i'm kevin young and i'm dan hurgan and we host a podcast called torture
0: we'll discuss the methods devices and the people that implemented them from ancient times to modern day
1: ling chi to waterboarding nero to dennis Rader, and everything in between including the pop culture they influenced
0: also food
1: And lots of Dungeons & Dragons.
0: Lots, lots of Dungeons & Dragons. Episodes are out now, and new episodes are released every other Sunday.
1: So like, follow, and subscribe to us on all podcast platforms, including YouTube. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TorturePod, and email us at TorturePod at gmail.com.
0: But most importantly, listen to Torture, A History of Human Cruelty, wherever you get your podcasts
2: everyone this is deb your host from the true crime podcast dying to be found welcome to the dash which is a collection of short true crime stories interviews with other podcasters and generally a way to get you through your morning routine or commute sometimes you just get me but other times I get together with other podcasters and talk true crime. And today is one of those days because I have Kevin and Dan from Torture Podcast to enlighten us on all sorts of things from the dark ages. Hi, guys. Hello. 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 Welcome. Hello. We appreciate you being here today. Thank you so much for taking your time out of your day. I'm so glad that you were both on board for doing this.
0: Yeah. it's Our Thanks pleasure. Much. Yeah. Happy to be here.
2: I understand there is a little bit of difference between all of us because we're all spread out. So I do appreciate yeah. we're all in different time zones.
0: Yep. Yeah, it's yeah. What's um, it? I'm, quarter past I'm three, I'm Midwest. Yeah. Uh, Dan's uh, Ireland. We've done this before. We had a and d thing going on where we were spread all over Ireland, Canada, every area <laughs> in America. So we're kind of used to doing the whole trying to figure out five minutes in a day to everybody can get together. So.
2: Absolutely. I get that because I'm kind of in the same boat with you guys. So I'm going to tell you up front, I'm very fascinated with your podcast. It's all about these horrific things that I never thought I would listen to every week. (laughs) I love that era that you guys have as far as what is it? The Renaissance? Is it the Dark Ages? When is it? Well, I
0: mean, the majority of tour, what do you think? Torture, you automatically think medieval England. You know, that's Mm -hmm. kind of one of the first things. But it spans from the beginning of human history, recorded history, all the way up till today. There, there's torture throughout all of it. So we don't want to just focus on one section of time, because obviously that was the <laughs> one of the most horrific times. We get into some stuff where, you know, we just covered rats. And, uh, you know, they did it way back then. And they, you know, just a few years ago, we're doing it in New Jersey. So, I mean, it, it, it spans all of human history. That's why we say it's... uh the history of human cruelty, because it, that, that's what it is. It's what we're known best for, I think. That's why aliens don't show up here. They, they look at our history, they go, oh, no, no, and they fly away. Because
2: That is a perfect answer, because if you knew my sister, Beth, she is all into the UFOs. So, Beth, if you're listening, that's why we don't see UFOs very often, because humans are cruel. And I honestly have no idea how they get away with it time and time again. It's... Mm-hmm it's just part of humanity. But you guys do an amazing job in your research, and your podcast, and other aspects that you, of course, break things up. And to me, when I'm listening to you guys, it's really more of a talk show. Like back in the day, Dan and I were talking, Kevin, before you came on board and we were talking about the 1980s and back then they had a lot of talk show hosts so that's kind yeah. of the feel i get from your show too it's not always specifically about your storylines but you put a lot more into it well some of, some
0: yeah. of the stuff doesn't have a lot of content like what i what we're going to be cover- what i'll have for you later today not a whole lot of content behind it so we really got to fill the time and when we started, this, <laughs> when we started talking about when random we started things. this <laughs> <laughs> yes when we started this it was dan's like so i'm just kind of like your ed mcmahon to your johnny carson i was like yeah, if that work if that's well, what you want to think of then
2: that's fine with me i love that there you go and I'm glad you said that because I had sent you the questions ahead of time just so you guys could prepare. And one of my questions to you is that, honestly, Kevin, you come across as that talk show host. So my question is, If you, have you ever been in the entertainment industry? Because you come across that well-versed in your style of communication. Do you come from communication industry?
0: I do not. No, Nowhere even, even near it. I am in the BFE out in the middle of Illinois. I have no connection to any entertainment at all. Mom was a nurse. Dad worked at a lumberyard. I have no connection with the entertainment industry. My wife and I had a couple podcasts before. You didn't hear them. I promise you, you didn't listen to them because nobody did. Uh, I didn't. So you didn't? I listened to some. uh, I got to know you. I I tried to support you and I decided to listen to some. (laughs) Uh, So I was really quiet as a kid and I've kind of found more of a voice as I got older because I stopped giving a shit. You know once you get once you're pushed <laughs> once you're pushing 40 it's like i don't care anymore so i just kind of say whatever i want and uh it's worked out but uh, i think no, you kind of
1: i think kevin kind of has this real midnight hour nighttime drive radio post kind of vibe <laughs> going
0: on uh, but dad has some uh entertainment in him though
1: i've worked in music for so yeah play music being a musician for god start painting uh, cardinals yeah, yeah, I had a show oh, last prompt. night. Yeah, it was it was really good. Yeah, it was good fun. Lots of positivity afterwards. It was it was great fun. Yeah, it's not really, I don't know what else for really you to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> we had the place rocking and rolling, as you'd say.
2: Dan, is there, can we look you up to see anything on film or in, in your music industry?
1: Um, There's not really much of me out there in that way. I kind of more just playing in like, in cover bands and playing for friends okay. and stuff like that though so but um i have uh like an instagram that i'm trying to get going at the moment that's based all around guitar related stuff that's all, uh, what's all the fuzz about is the name of that
2: oh that's well, cool you can
1: see him play on his
0: youtube a little bit
1: i'm starting that now yeah which is the same name under the what's all the fuzz about names
2: a man with many talents one or two maybe <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, hey, I wanted to give you guys just a little backstory. I had gone to St. Augustine, Florida. Have you been there, Kevin? Uh,
0: I've been to Florida a few times when I was a kid, so I don't know if I've been to St. Augustine or not. It was usually just directly to Disney World and directly back to Illinois. So I don't know how much much of that I actually was through.
2: Okay. So this is one of the oldest, I believe it might even be the oldest establishment in the United States. And it's got an old fort there. It's really cool. It's very, I don't know, it's very historical. And if you have not been there, there's a really cool torture chamber museum there. And yeah, I ended up in there. Yeah. Holy cow. OK, so i got two options there. I could either go through, get a set of headphones and then go to each station and listen to all the human cruelty things that people did to each other back in the day, yeah. including the rat. Uh huh. Or I could go and look under a microscope and look at these teeny tiny little figurines that people would make. And you could not see them unless it's under a microscope. Of course, which one do you think I picked? Headphones or microscope? Headphones. Honestly, I would have gone with a microscope. That's how, that sounds. <laughs> okay, <Right>. so <laughs> I went with torture, which okay. was, it really took us about two hours to get through it. It was really fascinating. I was going
1: to say, sorry, I was going to say, Kevin, you can't turn around as the host of a torture podcast and say that you would That's willingly... Look down through a microscope at a little it's, tiny toy instead of listening to more educational
2: toy. He just needs to decompress a little bit. If I could from, do a
0: podcast about little things that you can only see through a microscope,
2: maybe I'd do that. I don't know. Well, after we went through, they offered us the option. So, really, I got the best of both worlds because they let us go look at those things, which was fascinating too. But torture, on the other hand, was like, wow, people are really, really cruel. So, <laughs> Yeah, so I'm curious to know, first of all, how did you two meet because you're in different countries and I mean, how do you know each other? So
0: through sure, Canadian. That's yeah, through our favorite <laughs> Canadian. Okay, so there's a long version and a short version. I, I get long winded, so I'll try to keep it compressed. Dan knows I get long winded. Pretty much what it boils down to is I wanted to start a D and D podcast. Dan and I are both huge D and D guys. I wanted to start a D and D podcast, so I put it out on Facebook. I was walking around at my job during COVID; nobody was there, so I was just you know diddling around. Put it on um, some of the podcast Facebook pages I was on. It was like, if anybody is starting d and D comedy podcast and they need somebody, let me know. Okay. Wanted to start one. and one to be on one, and I'm like, okay, I'll put this up. I'll check in a, an hour or two. I'll probably get one or two responses. With five minutes, my phone explodes
2: wow responses
0: i mean i mean it was from oh yeah i would like to start one it's like i'm not looking to do i had to reiterate to people. It's like i don't want to do anything i don't want to edit <laughs> i don't want to research i don't want to write i don't want to dm i do what it is i just <laughs> want to get on play get off that's it that's all i want to do um, i was because i was still in the process of working with my wife on the other podcasts it's like i don't have much time for all this bullshit i just want to play and uh of course, I get more responses about, you know, oh, you can't just start a podcast. Like, I'm pretty sure you can, but okay. Um, <laughs> Have
2: you got microphones? I'm laughing yes. because that's what I did. Check.
0: That's literally what you do. That's how they start. You just start one.
1: <laughs> it's handy when people hit records when you want to start as well. Yeah.
0: You, yeah. you mm-hmm. get a microphone, you press record, you're good. Uh, you got to remember to press record, though. That's that's key. That's the number no one rule, rule to starting a podcast. Number one rule, rule is you <laughs> to press record. Anyway. All of a sudden I get this, and everybody else was responding just on Facebook. All of a sudden I get this message on Messenger. Hey, are you serious about this? And it's from a man who, if you've listened to our podcast, you've heard his name many times, a man named Phil Better. Gets a hold of me, says, yeah, the the award-winning podcast mogul Phil Better. This was before the awards, before the mogul. He was still just Phil. Just regular Phil. (laughs) Not quite better, yeah. Yeah. and he's like, "Are you serious about this?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm dead serious." He's like, "Hold on," and then I wait about two minutes, and all of a sudden, this new name comes up. Says, "Here's our DM," and it's Dan Horrigan. and I'm like, "Okay." And then we brought in some some other people. And we started, we met up, and took a while. We finally started playing, and of course, that all fell apart. You know, that's how that's how Dan and I met. It was from uh, from a Canadian.
1: How I got to know Phil was kind of funny as well, though, because what happened was my brother wanted to because kind of got involved in this kind of podcast group kind of got to know Phil through a Facebook group and the two of them became friends Phil came over here I didn't know him at the time and my brother was like oh you should come out drinking with us because this guy's here and I couldn't because it was halfway across the country and basically I ended up getting to know Phil through playing Call of Duty as a result because he jumped in with the guys and then we got chatting to him and then next thing then it was kind of like oh so you like Dungeons and Dragons he goes I always wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons and that was like the day i'd say before kevin put up his post because it was literally the, the day after i first ever mentioned oh. to fill i like dungeon of dragons a text from hey you want to do this I'm like yeah cool okay
2: okay yeah. and that's usually how it is with guys because you know in my aspect we have to think about things and then organize and you know you get it
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah guys just kind of fall into it like oh you like the same thing i do we're best yeah. friends yeah now. yeah that's pretty <laughs> much, we just, just that's pretty best much friends. how it is <laughs>
2: That is a cool story, though, because it was obviously meant to be. But that's a really great story. So how do you guys balance life podcasting and the time difference between you guys?
0: Oh, boy. Difficult. In yeah, uh, a very yeah, difficult that's the, that's the $20 million question. Um, yeah. I
2: work. I, I, we get
0: kind of lucky because Dan works days and I work night. So we're pretty much. So we're working not at exactly the same time, but there's some overlap of when I'm working and yeah. he's working and when he's off and I'm off. Um, I come home. And go to sleep, usually. We usually record about 11 o'clock my time, which oh, is wow. which is about 5 o'clock his time. That's average. I mean, sometimes it's before, sometimes after. So I come home, get changed, say hi to the wife, to the dog, push the kids out the door to school, and go straight to bed, sleep for a few hours, get up, get everything ready. We record, and then I lay in bed for like another hour and a half after that, trying to, you know, come down from the high of talking about people being mutilated uh, and then uh, finally i passed out i you know i sleep for the, rest of the evening and then get up and do whatever i need to do so yes. do you guys
2: have a like a set day of the week that you guys record or is it just no. whenever you can manage your schedules no, no. yeah no. usually when we can
1: manage like it, for me it's it, it's one of these things where i have to try and manage my time massively where like we i started doing this thing where i can start work at different times but i have to do a set amount of mm-hmm. hours so i start starting as early as i possibly can because mm-hmm. I might finish at around 4 p.m. So then I have like an hour to an hour and a half or so of Dan time, which is usually then yeah. when we try and squeeze <laughs> the podcast in or I get my guitar practice in or try and get some recording done and stuff like that. And then it's literally just trying to base it around family life then for times between the mm-hmm. two. So say if, you know, I might have something on randomly on a Tuesday or on a Wednesday. And like, like last week, we were texting each other about doing that last Rats episode. I was literally like a last minute thing. i turned around and been like, oh God, we need to sort day because it's the week. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, I was literally available one, two days at most. And we just happened to have a single day that we overlapped. That's kind of the only way doing it, really.
0: Yeah. It's usually a Tuesday or Wednesday when we get the record, which, yeah, we- I mean, it gives me a couple of days to get everything edited down and, and, you know, ready to go, ready to post for Sunday. But we got kinda- it. We've cut it pretty close before. I mean, we've oh, yes, it's been, that, it, it's been me up uh Saturday, like 11 30, posting it for <laughs> Sunday night. I mean, I mean, yeah, we've cut it, we've cut it close, which we also so that, have yeah. to schedule the recording. Yeah, yeah like if, if if we're a better so,
1: organized, yeah. you'd imagine we'd record, let's say, the <laughs> Tuesday of after the episode release, so is that you have the week and a half or more, or two weeks. Well, we. We
0: had it planned out (laughs) so well in the beginning. Like, let's record a bunch of episodes, get them ready to go. That way we never get, you know, we never fall behind. And then we we recorded a bunch of episodes, put them out, and then we didn't record for a long time. Right.
2: Sure. We're getting close. We got to record. Yeah. I agree, because I I actually cut it close, really close, because I drop at midnight, and I think I got done uh, editing this week at 11.38 p.m.? Uh Wow. So, but then I thought it would be a really good idea to throw out an extra podcast every week. So what was that's I right thinking? But that's why you guys are here. So it is manageable, mm-hmm. but I, I'm doing what you guys are doing is recording ahead and, and trying to stay that way. But my schedule is pretty good because I don't have kids at home. I have lots of time off just because of what I do for a living. So mm-hmm. I, I get it done. Be, me personally, I can get it done, but I do run into challenges like, Last night I didn't want to do podcasting. I wanted to just veg. And that's what I did. But I'm thinking, mm-hmm. oh gosh, it's not gonna get me behind for next week. So yeah, it's yeah. it's gotta it's just a balance. You gotta figure it all out. But yeah. so I mentioned that you guys have a very unique approach to your podcast and the name to me says it all. So yeah. what does torture mean to you? And what is it that fascinates you about the different types of way that people torture each other? over time
1: short answer is it's funny it's really funny <laughs>
2: like,
1: at times it is like, you know it's kind of like the whole thing of you know, when we watch videos of people falling over or getting hit oh yeah things, That's you know, like, all find those funny <laughs> you know and it, sometimes these things can can be so horrible they're actually kind of funny like when you're watching a yeah movie somebody, yeah it's it's like I can't remember the name of that new movie just a trailer out for that the uh, I think it's like based in like, Finland or something during World War II and it's a bit in it where a guy gets blown up by a landmine and because he like throws it in, hits him in the head and blows up and he turns in that's really funny looking like the way he got killed It's things like that you know that's that's the way I look I mean, <laughs> probably why I'm doing this show
2: how about you Kevin well I asked Dan to
0: the do the show because I was terrified that doing it by myself I would be scarred for life so I needed to bring somebody on to make it Kinda funny kind of Thanks.
2: decompress a little bit yeah Honestly, the whole
0: thing started was because I was listening to an episode of Last Podcast on the left, and they were talking about a guy getting tortured. And it was one of those where, well, we'll we'll let your imagination just use the road, you know, figure out what he did. or or Because they have a few episodes that have torture in them, but they don't Mm -hmm. tell you what they did. It's like, well, we're not going to get into it. It's like, get into it. I want to know what happened. I want to know what these people had to go through. It's not and it's not yeah. like uh oh you're so morbid you want to hear about I because these people had to go through it. The least yes. we could do is have to sit and hear about it.
2: Like your episode where they would tar people with a hat. I yeah, pitch guys...
0: capping. Yes. Oh
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that was that was rough.
1: Yeah. I like to speak to yeah, the uh... ancestors when I say yes. Almost <laughs> every <laughs>
0: and the, the the name came just i wanted something sleek and you, know, you hear the word torture you're like okay i kind of have an idea what this podcast can be uh the inspiration from that actually came from criminal the criminal podcast and oh yeah it's yes. just criminal and it's got that sleek white background with the black letters yeah. on it's it. where i got the the inspiration for the first logo we had. okay black, except black with the white letter uh, that's I a just great love, logo yeah. And, and But you know exactly what you're getting. You're, he's like, you're not going to be a criminal and then it's going to be a baking show. You know what you're getting into. So <laughs> like, it's, it's similar why to. i call it torture. Go ahead was
1: so, yeah. oh, sorry. I was just going to say it's very similar to an awful lot of the devices that we've talked about as well, like where we say that it's the simplicity and the directness of what it is that makes people yeah. turn around and just know exactly what it is. It's kind of like, like I said about the um, the head crusher that we covered at one stage. It's very mm-hmm. obvious what that's supposed to do. Yes. And it's so yes. direct. Yeah. And that's what makes it kind of like, oh, God. And that's the same thing with like with the name as well. It's literally just straight up in front of your face. Exactly what it right. means. What yes. It is. There's no question. And, it's yeah.
0: this, and it's this thing where, so you look in the past and you see all the horrible things we did to one another and and everybody wants to think, okay, we're doing better now. We're, we're better people. We don't do that type right. of stuff. But then you look into it and you're like, do we just covered? Rats. What a, a, a breast ripper is the perfect example. Do so you hear oh. about, you hear about, the, yeah, I know exactly.
2: Yeah, uh, I cringe you know, every time I hear that. You, but thank you, you for being so descriptive when you, when you described what happens. Right. <laughs>
0: Well, so you hear about the breast stripper, and you think, oh, the the stuff that these women back then had to go through. And and then you read about it and you find out women over in the Middle East are still getting this done to them now in 2023. So we haven't gotten as better as we think we have. And honestly, the only way you learn from history is the only reason the only way you don't repeat history is if you learn from it. And I'm not saying so that our, our podcast is going to make a big dent in that, but it's something that everybody's take into account that we're going to keep doing the same shit to one another unless we learn from it and stop.
2: Absolutely. So,
1: then we'll run out of material then. I
2: That's mean, true. Yeah. That's true. From the museum that I went to, you still have a lot of content, so I'm oh sure God. you'll find yes. something There's and other plenty. cultures too. I mean. Oh, know, yeah. every culture is different. So, do you guys have a, a favorite episode?
1: Oh, favorite? Um, it depends on what way you okay. mean favorite. Like that's. Yeah. I think the most the most kind of striking one one hundred percent has to be the Nanking series. Is the most GBGB. Yeah, GB, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, the second, especially one. the second episode. Yeah, that 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 was the only one I haven't. Did you ever listen on. to it, Dan? I never listened back on it still, now because it was just yeah, it's it was too much. Has, as, listen to it's, it's a I lot. listened to all of them, like, and I'm not sure which one I prefer out of the rest of them. The one that we didn't, except we had to record twice. <laughs> it was oh, really God. funny. And so
0: so with outlawing, I forgot to hit the record button. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I came inside. My wife's like, how'd your recording go? I said, it, it was fantastic. It was maybe up to that point, the best episode we had done. I mean, this episode alone could get us... Uh, dozens of followers so there's one problem she goes what is it i said i forgot to hit the record oh, oh, she goes kevin young i was like yeah i know and we had to go back <laughs> and do it again and the episode ended up being good not as good as it could have been because
2: the you know, element just, of going... surprise yeah. was no longer yeah. there we're going yeah. over
0: it all again it's like we rehearsed it so yeah and trying to um, make
1: like the same jokes that were very obvious there's a couple of moments in there where we're talking there's things <laughs> that i said the first time that I couldn't just crowbar in the second time because it wouldn't have been funny.
2: <laughs> yeah, and then So it South- sounded template, scripted.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want it to sound scripted. Yeah, so then we couldn't do it because, and then I'm listening back on it and it was really funny because I listened back to the episode. I was like, oh, I really should have said that to this because like, I wasn't quick enough to pick up on it, and then I remembered. Oh, I did say it in the first recording, except I couldn't say it. No, yeah. uh, yeah.
0: uh, they all kind of hold a special place in my heart. Ling Chi might be my favorite just because I got to watch Dan squirm the most during that one. Uh, yeah, he, he's he, he's got a big problem with the slow cutting.
2: And, oh yeah, uh, he was
0: he was really like he was really like <laughs> through a lot of that episode. So that might that might be my favorite one that we.
2: Did. Do you guys listen to any other types of genres?
0: Uh,
1: Kevin, go uh, first. There,
0: obviously. I listen to a lot of true crime, you know, the morbid type of stuff. But apart from that, I mean, it's a a little bit of everything. I listen to a lot of D&D podcasts. I listen to improv stuff. I used to listen to a a few political shows, but I'm the type of person that I start arguing with the person on the other side of the podcast. And it brings my heart, you know, my blood pressure up. So I had to stop listening to those. I used to listen to a lot of like religious, like atheist type podcasts. And that also got my blood boiling. So I had to stop listening to those. <laughs> um, so you
2: narrowed it down to torture
0: yeah yeah true crime and uh some comedy and D. so if you know if i'm not okay. listening to like a dateline or a last podcast on the left i'm i'm listening to critical role or Dungeons and dragons or something yeah
2: okay. Dungeons and Daddies. dan how about you
0: yeah, yeah. um Dungeons and Daddies. Oh,
1: yeah i've range of things yeah so like i didn't listen to an awful lot of paranormal say stuff before this um before we started doing this but like the very first podcast i listened to i dropped in the deep end with serial and Mm. then shit town and then kind of went from there and it's mainly primarily music related stuff at the moment because um i'm also trying to get a vibe of what to do and not to do for my own because i want to start my own yeah but um and then let me see because i had to double check that open up like things like i do listen to some Dungeons and Dragons ones, but I don't listen to as many of them anymore. But I like listening to things uh, like the kind of radio play style ones, like the I um, oh, was the the zombie one. Called yeah, from... we're alive. Yeah, we're, we're alive. alive. Yeah, that's one of the best yeah, things I've ever listened one. to in my life. I absolutely love that. But yeah, it's just th- things like that. Oh, and of course, the uh, world-winning podcast Mogul Feel Better show. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: just th- things like that, like, and, and ourselves. But yeah, it, like, I can listen to things like this. One's called like, The Guitar Knobs is one of them. And I only discovered one way uh, called Broken Record. It's a music one that's all to do with Rick Rubin, who's one of the more famous kind of music producers out there. And
2: okay. everybody
1: would actually know stuff done by him. So I was kind of really chuffed to have found that. And it's just typically what I'd be listening to.
2: Yeah, so very diverse. That's great.
1: Lots of stuff.
2: What keeps you guys up at night? Oh, uh, well, I mean, I work at night, so yeah. <laughs> I, I get what you're saying. Um, I mean,
0: kids, uh, worried about, you know, kids stuff. Money is obviously, I think, the the biggest one for, for most people, especially nowadays. Money problems keep me up. Oh, gosh, yeah. Let's what,
1: see. What's the next uh, guitar
0: pedal I should buy? <laughs> there <laughs> you go. Uh, am I putting too much on myself? Am I going to be able to get around to all this BS that, uh, that I want to, want to get done and, uh, running through Dungeons and Dragons campaigns alone in my head. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. Which, which, who am I going to build next? What are they going to sound like? Uh, what am I going to do when this happens? You know, all that type of stuff. So money mostly, but nothing important after that.
2: Yeah. In the whole scheme of things, money just is not as important as everybody thinks it is these days, but I, I get where you're coming from. Absolutely. Yeah. So Dan, anything else that keeps you up?
1: It's very similar to Kevin's, like, except for, uh, the, from the D&D standpoint, I tend to think back on decisions I made <laughs> as a DM. <laughs> hey, I should have done this, I should have done that. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very similar. Yeah, It's the same kind okay. of thing. And again, yeah, um, aside from my snoring, then, um, uh, yeah, the, uh. <laughs> Okay. They're the, the thinking of guitar stuff. After.
2: Well, I'm going to throw a little different question at you guys. I always do pretty much standard interview questions, but I just like to throw an extra one out there. If you were to be a guest actor in a, any movie, it doesn't matter what genre, what would it be? Who is your question. character? It's
1: a very, it's a very, very a tough question.
0: question. Uh, Dan, you want to go first? I went first last time.
1: I have a couple that um, I actually, I discussed this for a short while with my wife and we couldn't decide and um Shawshank Redemption 100% that oh. has to be up there um and it's a, that was actually suggested by my wife and it was a very good suggestion because you get, get to work alongside one of the greatest actors in the world
2: oh yeah Freeman. that is a phenomenal yeah, movie from, yeah
1: from a nerdy perspective and the stuff that I'm typically into Blade Runner would probably okay one of them up there like to you know, be one of the detectives looking for looking for replicants or something you know uh be pretty cool yeah
0: Cool. See, I would, Kevin? I would figure you would have said henchman in John Wick, just so you could get killed by Keanu at some point. Ah.
1: Uh, I'd, I'd rather just go for a, <laughs> go for a drink with him or something. I don't know.
2: Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a pretty cool guy. I think he'd probably yeah. be easygoing and pretty good drinking partner out there. So,
0: Kevin, how about yeah. you? Um, honestly, I would like to voice act in any. Uh, uh, <laughs> Listen to the show. I am horrible with accents, but I'm really good at doing them badly. And and doing weird voices, so uh, doing yeah. maybe getting into like uh, yeah, like a voice acting thing for maybe a Pixar movie or a Sony movie or something. Anything where I could be the villain, like no, okay. sp- nothing specific. Just villains, so much more fun. You know, the hero has to be morally just kind of above everybody. Even the anti heroes have to be. A, they have a they have a line they can't cross. Villains don't have a line. Complete freedom yeah, to that's, do whatever, whatever you want. Yeah, That's like to yeah, yes, a more interesting voices, too, though. Yeah, yeah, typical you know, hero voice. But,
1: yeah. I have a perfect podcast for you, then, Kevin. Which is, I What's hear that? voices, listen to it. <laughs> now, seriously, look it up. It's, it's uh, voice actors, it's famous uh, cartoon voice actors, and to get other famous voice actors on to interview them, right up your yeah. alley. I forgot, I was going yeah. to say it to you before Plug in somebody else's podcast. Also, uh,
0: Sub Zero. If they, if I had to pick a character, I'd say Sub Zero if they ever did another Mortal Kombat because he was my favorite, I always wanted to be Sub Zero or any zombie just regular zombie Ever. in a movie. Just dress me up as a zombie and let me walk around shoot me in the head. Okay. That's fine too. I'm good with that.
2: You could probably come down to Georgia because it's a really big area where they do a lot of the um The Walking Dead cinematography the Walking, these yeah, days the and yeah. honestly the town yeah. that my kids grew up in, they have a lot of the the zombie shows out there so if there's a casting yeah. call I'll let you know. I actually oh, thought of my- another film.
1: <laughs> Kevin, I thought of another film. Too Fast yeah. Too Furious
2: no
0: no not too fast too i want to be in the fast the of the furious fast franchise, franchise. not the fast i'm not i'm not family enough to be in the fastest the furious. no that's
1: for me it's <laughs> for me to just stand there and randomly oh, change gears i in thought a you car. meant for yeah. me i was like yeah oh, because okay. yeah because you can you drive a manual gearbox sure car. oh you yeah. can okay that's what cool. yeah. i thought it was very yeah it wasn't very typical taking
2: over in the
0: state the americans you most people stick. my age and up, can drive a stick yeah most people my age can oh, drive. Okay. Okay.
2: Yeah, and and I can too, Dan. So you know, ah, that's yeah, cool. so true. All right.
1: All right, well, that's obviously just a uh, stereotype across here. Then for yourself, so <laughs> that nobody can nobody can drive stick. It's always on TV. hey, Hey, you know how to drive stick? No.
2: Yeah, my sister taught me. We in Georgia, the the hills are they're everywhere. And we went into a cul de sac one day, and it was forty five minutes before I I could even get out of the cul de sac. She wouldn't mm-hmm. let me get out of there until I could drive up that hill. And ever since then, I've been able to drive one. So, yeah. Nice. Okay. Well, you guys, thank you so much. Those were my questions about you and your torture podcast. So, next question is, where can we find you online? I
0: don't really put my personal stuff out there, but I'm on the socials for the show. So, if you just look up any of the social media, we're at TorturePod. Or email torturepod at gmail.com. So that's been one of the issues we've had with the with the podcast is getting people to interact with us through social media or through email or stuff. We've gotten a few, but not as many as we want. So, you know, let us know what you think. Even if you hate us, let us know what you think. And we give uh, if you think They oh, your show is disgusting and you two are horrible, we'll be like, hey, we think this show's disgusting and we're both horrible too. So welcome to the club. <laughs> Come on, talk to us. Yeah, speak for yourself. I think
2: that's that goes across is the it, board too because I don't get a I, ton. I'm starting to get a lot more interaction but you yeah. know I've been doing this for more than a year now and it, there, I'm mm-hmm. just now starting to get some interaction and in emails and things like that. So I, right. think I don't it's, think it's uh, just you. Know.
1: I think social media is just completely saturated with stuff. You see like let's say, like if you mm-hmm. if I was looking mm-hmm. at the amount of people that I follow on Instagram alone and how much of those I actually get to see and how many of those are actually friends. I get to see all yeah. of our stuff because I'm tagged in it all but if mm-hmm. I didn't, if you didn't tag me and stuff, Kevin, then I don't know how much of are i to actually see is the problem because all of our feeds are just just filled constantly. There's only mm-hmm. so much you can right. see, which is yep. a shame. So again, yeah, it's about those people actively seeking it out at the times and stuff you know so
2: yep you know. all right well thanks for introducing us to your torture podcast and giving us a glimpse of what we can look forward to i understand that you are going to give us a glimpse of this in just a little while because oh, yeah. kevin you agreed you're going to give us a story i don't know if you have heard this but we had a live laugh murder i did the host from one. yes it was very good yeah that was so good so we had that a couple of weeks ago And if our listeners have not had a chance to check that out, it's episode number four of the Dash series of Dying to be Found. And Kevin, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little scared already, but I'm in it (laughs) till the end. (laughs) All right. Are you guys ready to dash into my little storyline today? Yes. We are.
1: We are.
2: Okay. It's a little bittersweet because I'm going to be talking about a group of childhood friends, and it's probably before your time, but there are some really good movies out there. Dan, before Kevin came on today, you and I were talking about the 80s era, and I don't know if you guys have seen those old movies, Stand By Me or The Goonies, oh, yeah. anything like that. Oh, yeah. Stand By Me. Great movie, but that's not anything to do with what we're talking about today I just wanted to kind of give you a glimpse of how a group of friends came together in the story that I'm about to start one other thing too I had mentioned Stranger Things and that's so cool because all the props that they do in the movie everything is so 1980s all the way down to the home decor the cereal boxes everything like that so I really love that sort of essence where you just go back in time a little bit so here is one question to lead into my storyline today I don't know how you guys are, but me personally, I keep a very small group of friends. I think it's better that way. Do you guys have a group of friends like that where you all have known each other for a long time, maybe from childhood or just socially? Do you have a really, really tight circle of friends?
0: No, I'm personally, not not really. But I, I, you know, I was. Oh, there's people I went to school with. I don't go to school with them anymore. I I really don't have any desire to hang out <laughs> with any of you. Uh, I mean, I have people that I I'm friendly with that I see them and I'd be like, oh hey, what are you doing? But honestly, yeah. uh, you know, I got my wife and I got my dog and I'm I'm good. I got Dan go. halfway You're across happy. the world and I'm that's all I need.
2: How about you, Dan? Do you have childhood friends? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: I, I do. Yeah, I, Um, there's a, well, there's kind of a couple of different kind of social groups if you get me that don't really cross over except for me in the middle of them uh but yeah just kind of a group kind of like that all right yeah
2: me too we're all on facebook i still keep up with those friends but I mean, honestly, we don't talk a lot, but we do obviously see what each other posts. And I think that's really cool. But today we're going to be going back to a case that occurred back in 1966. And it's a 17-year-old boy named Danny Goldman, who was living as an only child in Surfside, Florida with his parents. Danny was taken from his home at gunpoint during the wee hours of the night, and he was never seen again. So that's the direction we're headed today. All right. Around 4.30 in the morning on March 28, 1966, someone broke into the Goldman's house through an unlocked sliding glass door. Whoever this man was, he woke the entire family up, including Aaron Goldman, his wife Sally, and their only son Danny. And this intruder addressed Aaron and Sally by name and proceeded to tie everyone up and demanded... $10,000 $10,000 in those wee early morning hours. So 4.30 in the morning, a house intrusion, and oh. then all of a sudden they're tied up and demanding $10,000. Just so you guys can kind of get a uh, perspective on this, $10,000 in 1966 equals 90000 U.S. dollars, 124 Canadian dollars, or £76,000 in today's currency. So I don't know. Do you guys have that kind of cash laying around? I know I don't. I was going <laughs>
0: to cut open the box spray and go pull it out. Yeah. Gonna, <laughs> there you go. Wake up right in the morning, 430 in the morning, and be like, yeah, let me get out my checkbook. What's wrong
2: with you? So obviously, Danny's parents told the intruder that they didn't have that kind of cash laying around. So the man told Aaron and Sally, that's okay. I'm just going to take Danny as a hostage for ransom instead. And the stipulation to that was that since Danny's parents were not prepared to hand over the $10,000, the man upped his ransom to $25,000 US dollars. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Okay. Now they need to go to the bank because they definitely don't have that. Yeah. They'll be sitting in their
0: stock that's right. Drawer.
2: They're a little short. All right. Before the kidnapper took Danny away, he told Aaron and Sally that they should expect a call later that night at 6 p.m. And there they would get further instructions. Unfortunately, that call never came and Danny was never seen or heard from again. The end. Oh. Just I mean, kidding. <laughs> How old was the kid? 17
0: I don't have, we don't have the ten thousand. Okay. Well, tell you what, it's okay. You don't have the ten thousand. I understand. I'm going to take your son, and you're going to give me twenty five thousand. What goes through your mind? Like they're just going to just, just going to come up with this money out of nowhere. I, I don't. Know. Under, I don't
1: understand. I think it's an impossible amount on purpose, Kevin. That's my thought. Oh
0: Oh yeah. okay. That makes sense. Thanks, Dan. Mm-hmm.
1: He just wanted the boy. That's all it was. He wanted the boy. That's a possibility.
2: All right. Well, Danny's parents, unfortunately, passed away just a decade ago without ever knowing what happened to their son. Aaron passed away in 2010, and Sally passed away in 2012. So they never found out what happened to him, and that's sad because he's an only child, and I just couldn't imagine. Man, no. Okay. Well, this is where Danny's childhood buddies come in. So there's a group of friends... David Grobart, his brother Joe, and their friends Anthony Blate, Harvey Lisker, and Paul Novak. One day, Joe received a package from Danny's mom, which she had sent him before she had passed away. So I think that's pretty cool that they all kept in touch. I mean... Good group of friends, keeping in touch with their childhood friend's parents. That's amazing.
0: Mm -hmm. I think going through something like that kind of solidifies a lot of relationships. Yeah,
2: Yeah. for sure. Inside the package, Sally had a letter asking the group never to forget Danny. (sighs) Yeah, that's heartfelt. Joe took this letter from the package and took it to the local police, got his brother and his friends together and pledged to track down whatever happened to Danny. So at this point in time, they are all going to get in it together. And somewhere around 2011, Surfside's mayor and attorney at the time took a personal interest in this case and spent his own money to investigate Danny's disappearance over the years. So remember, this happened back in 1966 and all the way into 2011, the mayor was investigating on his own. So that is a really tight knit community right there.
0: I kind of can't think of any other mayor. (laughs) <laughs> that would do that. Most of was like, I like, I don't care. I'm in politics. That doesn't matter to me.
2: Yeah. For the next decade and following leads all the way up just until last year in 2022, Danny's friends, David, Joe, Anthony, Harvey, and Paul all continued to pursue answers in their friend's disappearance. Plus, they established a little name for themselves, probably because they're living in the South. They were called the Posse. So they gave themselves a name. Okay. Like the Goonies, you know? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Or the tough breaths. <laughs> there you go. All right. Regardless, the posse reviewed case files tirelessly. Something worth mentioning is that Paul Novak, one of Danny's friends, went on to become an attorney and a six-term mayor of Surfside, the town where Danny disappeared. Isn't that something? Okay,
0: yeah, good for him.
2: And this is where things really begin to heat up. Paul pulled his weight here, and with these credentials, he told the FBI in pretty much no uncertain terms that he had every legal right to Danny's file and was not going to take no for an answer as to when they told him initially that he did not have access. He couldn't get into that file. He was not a family member, but he did have access because he was a public figure. Right. Paul and his posse got what they needed They dissected emails, looked over more than 10,000 pages of FBI files, and worked closely with the Miami-Dade police to try to solve this case. And obviously, this group of friends was on a mission to honor Sally Goldman's wishes and to find out what happened to their childhood friend. Long story short, because that's what we do here on The Dash, you all. It's just a quick story. Danny's friends pieced everything together, and I mean everything. They found out enough information about this case to discover that Danny had been kidnapped by a mobster named George DeFice. I don't Jeez. know if you guys have heard of this guy. I mean. No. no, no. I don't know. I like to use the word crony. He's just a a go-to man. He's told what to go do and then he does it and that's it. So that's who ended up ultimately taking him and what happened to Danny. Yeah, As it turns out. Danny had been killed rather quickly. He had been taken by boat to the nearby ocean with the help of his mobster friend, Joe Chicken Catchatory. Don't know if you heard of him.
1: They yeah, I get these like cool names like, like Billy the Gun and Johnny Tightlips and all this kind sort of stuff. And it's like, oh, what's your name? Oh, yeah. Is that Chicken Parmesan? Yeah.
0: he's vegetarian now so it's eggplant um, (laughs) this is a very doesn't sound like a very mobster thing were Danny's parents Danny's parents of any consequence to anybody I mean did they have pull anywhere were they important in any way because it doesn't Hmm. It's not something it doesn't seem like a very mobster thing to break into some random person's house and kidnap their kid and ask for money. That's usually left for like people in politics or people, you know, of of high stature. Oh, you're a mobster. Go kidnap their kid. And then to kill him real quick does not seem like a traditional mobster thing to do.
2: It does not. But I'll tell you what, I'm glad you asked that question, Kevin, because I'm going to get there Oh, you're on the right track. (laughs) DeFice presumably dumped Danny overboard in the Atlantic Ocean near Miami, Florida. So he and Joe Chicken catchatory. they just got together, decided that that's what they were going to do. And really, I did try to look up these two guys. I could not find any information. They're not Jimmy Hoffa. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: No, I, no, they're not. Yeah, I get it. Oh, with
1: well, a name like that, I'm shocked he hasn't gone down in history. Like, <laughs> <of> <laughs> the, the worst mob
0: I'm guessing his of all time. I'm guessing his last name was probably Cacciatore, and they just added chicken in there or something, because yeah, there's no way. Yeah, it was. There's no way. There's no way he just sure. guessed that name. What happened was, for no reason. He,
1: the parents <laughs> were in the supermarket, and they saw Chicken Cachetori on the shelf, and they thought, Chicken Cacciatore is crap. It's really shit. And he was in earshot and he's like, you ought to get these guys that's what happened (laughs) i
2: I was just at sam's yesterday and i was looking at the chicken catchatory. yeah Yeah. all right so kevin i'm going to go ahead and answer that question for you because as it turns out danny's father aaron worked at a local bank in town and he was on the board of directors there Ah, okay aaron who was just doing his job began to notice some questionable activities going on in the bank records So we'll call these activities unethical, but Mm -hmm. remember, this was back in 1966, so they didn't have all those laws and guidelines established by the SEC, and there were lots of loans coming into question here. Aaron was just doing his diligent duties. He was doing everything that he needed to do as a bank employee and board of director member. He felt it was necessary to report his findings to the federal agents. And that's what he did. Uh, Obviously, the feds began to build a case, and Aaron went on to testify on behalf of the bank in court just two days before that home invasion. So here's the kicker any ideas on what's happening yet?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Just even hear it's kind of like how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, it's just ridiculous. I think that he could be up in court, and suddenly his home is invaded, mm-hmm. and there's no kind of you know putting those pieces together for a
2: quick a resolution. Way to that this. You
0: have, I think yeah. yeah.
2: Well, Aaron had no idea that the bank was controlled by the mob, and its ringleader was a little mobster that I've already mentioned, Jimmy, Jimmy
1: Parmesan. Oh shit.
2: <laughs>
0: Oh, man. Wow. So
2: in a nutshell, Hoffa was using the bank as a front for his money laundering activities. Oh, Aaron Goldman was not kept in the loop here and had no idea that the Florida mob boss of the Tampa mafia, Santo Traficante, I'm going to say that's his name, and his buddy Jimmy Hoffa were using the bank as a cover up. So he had no idea. Nobody put him in the loop. And all the employees inside the bank were reporting back to Hoffa and Aaron's concerns. And that's where the home invasion came in.
0: I mean, there's obvious reason why he wasn't kept in the loop. He couldn't be trusted to not tell the feds. So True.
2: Maybe I mean, they knew that he I, couldn't I, be paid off it. either.
0: But he couldn't have been surprised. This is the heyday of money laundering. That's before uh-huh. you know a bunch of regulations and the internet and, and you keep track of... Uh, documents and all of these, of course, they're going to be money laundering. Mm-hmm. It's a bank in Florida. Yeah. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough.
2: All right. The smoking gun here is that in the Goldman case, there was a rubber glove, or at least the tip of that glove that was left at the scene during Danny's kidnapping. And this glove was later connected to a manufacturer based out of Canada. So it was easily traceable. Apparently, George DeFice, the intruder that took Danny, He had been treated by a doctor in Brooklyn, New York, and had these gloves stocked in his office. So, of course, he's just going to grab one on his way out, right? Sure. Investigators were able to trace the glove tip left behind in Danny's home, and it went all the way back to Brooklyn, and basically the rest is history. So, everyone tied to Danny Goldman's kidnapping at this time is deceased, so authorities were never able to take this case to trial. Man. I know, right? Well... Both George DeFice and Joe Chicken Cacciatore passed away before the case was solved. Defice died in a nursing home in nineteen eighty due to complications with diabetes. I'm really not sure what happened to old Chicken Cacciatore there, but I did find an article that he probably died somewhere around nineteen sixty seven, and we know just from this case it was very shortly after Danny's kidnapping. And he's nice. shot by Tony
1: Baloney. That's what it was. <laughs>
2: You've been, been waiting till the end way. to say that. Oh, I, uh, building. I was going to say it's something else. building. <laughs> yeah, I was back talking uh, this whole
0: time. Oh. I wish.
2: All right. Well, I yeah. would
0: imagine Chicken Catch death came from Jimmy Hoffa trying to uh,
2: Cover up keep the eyes amount eyes of people out. who
0: knows about it, you know, underground. Right. He's probably got a pair yeah. of snow shoes at the bottom of a river somewhere. I would yes,
2: yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Just because there was little inter- information to be found in. The timeline that definitely makes sense. All right, you all. That is my case of Danny Goldman.
1: If I've learned one thing from this, I'll tell you now: it's that, that when I watch TV drama things with cops in them, and they're like, "Oh, we haven't got enough evidence from this, like smoking gun that we have sitting here, partial piece of a glass or whatever like that." If you can track down a guy from the tip of a rubber glove in real life, back <laughs> from nineteen sixty six, New York, yeah, yeah. from, from nineteen, 19- like how in God's name, like it's just yeah
0: well he said that it reminds me of when they got a lead on richard ramirez just because of the shoe imprint because the very odd shoe that he wore that he left an imprint in the mud and they were able to trace it back to certain people that had bought that shoe which helped catch him i mean yeah. he caught himself really by being an idiot mm-hmm. and running into, into the street and getting mobbed by all those people but yeah i don't want to hear about any uh we don't have enough evidence screw that go dude Do police work.
2: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Because that's very minimal evidence right there. And back in the 60s, we didn't have all that DNA and everything to go with it. So, yeah, they did a phenomenal job. Yeah. All right, well, that's my storyline, but I heard that you have one for us. So, Kevin, I'm going to kind of hand things over to you. Give us a little glimpse of Torture Podcast, Dan. Oh goodness, I, I don't know if I'm ready, but here yeah. we go.
0: So, Deb, when you said come up with a little bit of a mini episode, I was uh, kind of at a loss what to cover. I wasn't sure how tortury to go with it. And I can't start an episode without doing our opening. Cue music. Oh, yeah. every episode. So, Deb, with your permission, Dan, you ready? Yeah. Okay. The subject of today's mini-episode is a device that was allegedly used in the later years of medieval Europe until early 1800s. It was used for interrogation, punishment, and even execution if the bleeding couldn't be stopped for one very specific and very serious crime used on the most sensitive part of the male anatomy. Two pieces of iron hinged in the middle with spikes at one end. On that alone would be enough to make a person cringe, but sometimes, to add to the tear, this device would be designed to look like one of the deadliest reptiles on the face of the earth, if it actually was ever even used. Today we cover the Crocodile Shears.
2: Oh. I'm Kevin Young.
0: And I'm Billy Bolognese.
2: <laughs> Deb, you're in on this too. Go ahead. And I'm just along for the ride. Yep. We're I'm here for coming effects. Um, and this...
0: It is torture on the dash. All right, so here we go. I couldn't, I can't, I can't do an episode without doing that little opening. Oh, you see,
2: right. you know what I mean, though. Do you have a great broadcast voice? Thank you could you. go uh, far. I
0: appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, like, like you said, I, I'd
1: love to be listening to him driving home in the middle of the night, just in between snippets of smooth jazz. Just so Kevin. Tell my parents <laughs> so they'll be proud of me. And Dan,
2: right. your your accent is amazing too. I, I could listen to you all day.
1: Not my wife <laughs> doesn't she's tired of it
0: that's so. that robe. okay so let's go back to medieval europe dan i love to put dan in these yep. situations uh let's say you did something stupid like i don't know try to kill the king all oh, right i, I know you're gonna
1: say a I stole an orange again but okay
0: no i was gonna say it's fairly outside of your character for you you're more likely to steal an orange than you are kill a king but yeah, no, here we are uh, now, somehow, you are caught before you're able to finish the deed. Maybe planning stage, maybe in the process, who knows. any case, you're caught.
1: I left the tip of my rubber glove behind. <laughs> and they used, you they used <laughs> tra- proper police procedure, and police work, and they found me very quickly based on the very obvious evidence.
0: Here's the thing about these episodes that we do is I always write these knowing there's going to be humor somewhere, so I don't write jokes into them. I never know what we're going to come up with, but at some point I know it's coming, so... That was one of them. Okay, so you're taken to a dungeon of some sort and tied up, most likely to a post, standing up, maybe laying down, you know, whatever they have. But while you're there, you notice them take a piece of iron, maybe about a foot long, and place it in a roaring fire. Now, while this is going on, they may bring in a young, beautiful woman. She may dance around or touch you or do any other number of things, as long as you are aroused. Or the torturer could have done it himself either way, you know, whatever flows.
2: Because the boat. it's a distraction from the iron rod being heated up.
0: No, nah, it's. A, nah. um... <laughs> Getting the man aroused is going to be a pretty significant part of it, if you can see where I'm going. There are some sources that say these may have been uh, used on fingers or toes during the Spanish in- Inquisition to get information. And there is a slight chance that for lesser crimes um, like thievery, They could have been used on fingers as punishment. But crimes against the state, like regicide, which is the murder or attempted murder of someone of royalty, uh, they were seen as deserving of a much more traumatizing punishment. So when the young woman or the torturer himself thought you were good and ready, the piece of iron was removed from the fire.
1: And that's when you turn and you say, you're going to need a bigger iron.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, before we get to the quote unquote good stuff, Let's take a look at these things. So what you have is essentially a piece or two pieces of cast iron, about a foot long, connected by a pivot point, like uh, the scariest piece of scissors you've ever seen in your life. The dangerous end, however, aren't sharp like blades. They're half cylindrical, so it's like they took an iron tube and cut it down the middle. Yeah. So... When they close, they go back to form a tube. Now, inside this tube are maybe dozens of spikes or teeth, which just happens to make them look like a crocodile. See how it all comes together. We start at one point, we work all the way back around. It's a big circle. So it's like a vicious Uh, needle
1: nose pliers, kind of, on a scale.
0: Now, back to why we're all listening to the good stuff. Uh, Like I had said, this specific torture had a much more sensitive target area. Now, after you, Dan, of course, are all prepped, uh, your manhood, as we'll say, fully exposed, the red-hot shears are placed on the member
2: and squeezed shut. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just looking (laughs) at Dan's reaction here. My
1: apologies. I'm
2: storming. I'm a... I think there's a natural reaction.
1: Yeah, I think i think there's a natural reaction every man has when you hear something like that being described and it's, it's like when you're watching a tv show and you see a guy getting kicked there as well it's it's the automatic reaction it's, ooh.
0: so for me yeah, it, you, you it's, feel it. it's when i see somebody gets up when something happens to the achilles tendon i have this oh, automatic yes. like oh god yeah yeah, the first evil yeah. Bed, when the pencil goes in mm, no mm, okay then the twist anyways <laughs> so when mm-hmm. the pressure is sufficient the torturer much like we learned in our breast strip episode, go check okay. it out. It's horrifying. Yes it is. The shears The shears are then pulled. The result, There's that, <laughs> that look I to see, Dan? I was waiting to hear if that was going to happen to <laughs> People at home can't see it, or wherever you are can't see it, but Dan is literally cringing into a ball. He is squirming, um, <laughs> and I'll
2: tell you, if I can interrupt for just a second, <laughs> no, it is, ahead. this is going to make all future episodes that I listen to, I mean, so much more visual. Thank you for
0: that. <laughs> You're <All right>. welcome. <laughs> um, the resulting injury. Obviously being severe, leaving the old Jolly Roger in pieces, some of the time the man was left to very slowly bleed to death. Other times, the rest of the organ was just removed, more than likely while still awake, and the man was sent off to never walk correctly again. Then they may have used it on the fingers and toes after using it on the genitals, but honestly, at that point, what does it matter? He's like, yeah, take a finger and a toe. I don't care. What did you do to me?
1: ends up looking like the Demogorgon's face from Stranger Things, I'd say. It's the first thing I thought (laughs) of when you...
0: Now, there are a few sources that mention the shears. Uh, The Book of Torture and Execution by Richard Sire, The uh, Wrong View of History by Jack Periskovich, and The Dictionary of Torture by Nighet Spikes all claim that the crocodile shears were real and used at some point through history. But for those of you that have never listened to our show... They actually keep pretty organized records on who was tortured, how, and when. Wow! And just like other devices and methods that we have covered in the past, like head crusher or the pair of anguish, there isn't any real documentation on the crocodile shears ever being used on anyone ever. So that might put your mind at ease, Dan. The fact is, we love to hear stories and see images of these horrific, intricate, innovative, and complex medieval devices and the sheer pain and torment they can inflict. But in reality, all the torture needed was rope, some wood, maybe a hammer, probably the best, most famous device of all, the rack, and they could get any info to punish anyone they wanted. Also, rats, rats, or, or a, rats a door, as
1: we've discovered. <laughs> Good old door that
0: works. That I actually popped in my head when you were doing your story, Deb, and you had said that they were. They woke him up in the middle of the night and asked for a ransom. Yeah. A uh, pair of anguish was the first thing that popped in my head. Oh. Because that's what it was supposedly originally used for, was to extract money out of people. They'd put it in the mouth, pull the pin, thing would expand, and then couldn't call for help. It was like, can't get it out without the key, and you're not getting the key until you give me the money. But you can learn about that on our pair of anguish episode if you want to go. Anybody wants to go listen. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was the crocodile shears. Horrifying, quick and to the point. If they, you know, again, if they ever actually.
1: Literally and figuratively.
0: Yeah. A lot of these different devices that you can see, like you can pull up a picture of the crocodile shears now and, and they look like, you know, got the little crocodile face on them or whatever. Same thing with pair of Anguish, Head Crusher, Iron Maiden, all these stuff. And they look pretty and intricate. And oh my God, they look so dangerous. But honestly, with torture devices back then, they didn't put hours and hours and hours into the design of these things. It was just like, Hit them with the hammer and get the information they need. They didn't have time. And they didn't want to spend the money to make these things so intricate. Just hit them with the hammer. Put them in the rack. Yeah. Pull them until their arms separate. You know, that's all we need. Just get and the information.
2: And that's yeah. what you all can look forward to when you listen to torture. This falls right into your storylines, which is amazing. Yep. It keeps me keeps yeah, me I, guessing. I don't know what yeah. I signed
1: up for sometimes. <laughs> hey, do you want to do this? <laughs> well, this sounds fun. Okay.
0: So, so at the beginning of the episode, before I started the show, I, I was, I was going to just do it on my own and have more serious tone, dark tone to it. I was like, this is... This is way, even for me, this is just too much. Yeah. So I asked my wife, I was like, you want to do it with me? Bring a little humor to it. She said, no. I was like, oh, the only person I can really think of that I think would have fun, I'd have fun doing this with was Dan. So he was, after my asking yeah. my wife, because that's obviously the first person you ask, Dan was the next person that I asked. And I was lucky enough for him to say yes. And it's been it's been yeah, fun no, ever it's since.
1: Funny, so. yeah, when I said it to my wife, Kevin asked me about doing it. She was basically, her reaction was like, yeah, he really knows sense of humor that if he's asking <laughs> yeah. you to do this i like oh <laughs> i don't know what that says about me but okay
2: so that is just a little taste of what you guys have in store when you listen to torture podcast kevin and dan thank you so much for being here on the dash with me Honestly, it's, it's such a good time getting to know you guys and to our listeners, you should head over to Torture Podcast, found just about everywhere in your podcast library, because mm-hmm. who doesn't like a little history behind human cruelty, right?
0: That's right. And, a, like and a bit of well, we
2: fun
1: have... behind it too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Probably> <laughs> trying to be as lighthearted <laughs> <laughs> as possible.
2: Yep. Kind of have to, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, we appreciate you having us on.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, very well, much.
0: Honestly, this, is, this has been looking forward to it for a couple of weeks. It's been, it's been fun.
2: I'm glad that we could all get our schedules put together. Be sure to check out their social media on Instagram. Otherwise, be sure to check out our podcasts on Instagram at Dying to Be Found and all those other social medias. We love to know what you guys have to say about our episodes. So slide into those DMs and give us a shout. If you would like to be highlighted on this episode of The Dash, just like Kevin and Dan here, shoot us an email found in our show notes and talk to you soon. Do you guys have any last words?
0: No, we just, just usually take care of ourselves, take care of one another, we'll see. I give it a on Irish goodbye. Sláin, a oh well, yeah.
2: Thanks for listening to Dying to be Found. Before we go, we would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest at Dying to be Found. You can access our website, email, social media, and storyline request form by clicking on our Linktree account found in our show notes. If you like our episodes, consider buying us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash found, spelled just like you see it on our logo. Feel free to message us on Instagram and let us know how we're doing, or if you'd like a sticker. With that, be sure to check us out every Thursday wherever you get your podcasts. We will talk to you all next week.